I have a perfect faith in the Lord Jesus and his word. He said, I will be with you. Mm. I will teach you. The promise which I have lived for 60 years now, mm. it's in Psalm 32. He said, I will teach you the way you shall go. I will counsel you. Mine eye is upon you. Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and the voice you just heard was Pastor Sammy Dagger. He is a faithful partner and servant of Christ who has worked for decades sharing the gospel in really difficult places. God called Pastor Sammy and his wife, Joy, to lifelong ministry, and they've never looked back, even in the midst of dangerous situations and intense suffering. Pastor Sammy was recently at our international headquarters in Boone, North Carolina, and one morning he shared in staff devotions. It convicted me so much and challenged me. Every time I hear Sammy speak or get a chance to talk to him, I'm both challenged and inspired in my walk with the Lord. And on that particular day, he challenged all of us to not be satisfied with the standard of holiness that we currently have reached. He said that the measurement of our holiness should be measured by the holiness of God. And it's a lifelong process. The Christian life is a battle, and we we constantly are battling our flesh and the spirit. And Pastor Sammy confessed that he is still striving, and he will be fighting until his last breath. He encouraged us to do the same, not to settle for good enough. I was privileged to be able to sit down and have a conversation with Sammy while he was here. We talked about working in the ministry, prayer, discipleship, and how the Lord brought about his life verse. You've discipled people so well, and you are still working full-time, and you're still busy, but I guess what has it looked like to pass the torch to the next generation? Well, it has been, to me, it was a a pleasure, Mm -hmm. really. And uh, now I feel I go from one church to another, not to speak Mm -hmm. uh, all the time, but to just listen and watch them, what they are teaching, Mm -hmm. because we have so many things changing in the world now, and many of false prophets, Mm -hmm. and uh, the the whole, the Bible calls them liars. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I want my people that I give them the responsibility to be able to abide in the Word of God Mm -hmm. and to be able to give the right teaching and the real faith until Mm -hmm. Jesus comes. Mm -hmm. It's almost like I feel like Paul, you know, in the New Testament, you know, so much of his writing was in prison, you know, where he wasn't physically out, um, able to lead and teach and preach, but he did so much work you know, encouraging yeah. the people that were out. Um, yeah. So I feel like, yeah, we're never thwarted or unable to to serve the Lord. But And that's what you what seems to be heavy on your heart, because in devotions the other day, you talked about staying accountable to the, the Word of God, being holy. You know, that's important until the day you die. And, and you mentioned, and I love how you know transparent you were that you're you still fight your flesh, <laughs> even though you've been a, a pastor for so long. It's a daily fight and a battle. So I guess, yeah, what? How do you encourage the young pastors now and and to stay you know faithful and holy and dependent on the Lord so that we can serve Him? Yeah. Well, 
I have really a problem with the, with the many pastors, which I know, instead of reading the Word of God and taking it for themselves mm. and say, this is what God said to me, I am passing it on to you. Mm. You go to a computer, you go to a, um, I don't know, there's so many things now, you take a message from another person, you take the points, and then you say, uh, you go and preach it. And there is no power. Mm. There is no spiritual power in it. And th there is no simplicity anymore. They start talking about the history and what this did, what that. When you take the Word of God and say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, send your Holy Spirit to speak to my heart. I am reading, okay? I see a promise in the Word of God. I take it. I say, this is a promise for me. I see a sin mentioned, and I feel, is it in my heart? Hmm. If it is, Lord, forgive me for my sins. And uh, if... Uh, I have learned something about God, about myself, it's me. Then when I go to preach, I tell the people, this is what God said to me, mm -hmm. you know? And the Holy Spirit, when I, when I came to know the Lord, I have no idea about the Bible, mm -hmm. absolutely no idea. And when I, I promised the Lord in Amsterdam after Dr. Pellegrin was preaching that I'll serve him, when I went back, I, I didn't want to serve him because, Lord, what people I met in Amsterdam, Dr. so-and-so, Reverend so-and-so, mm -hmm. Professor so-and-so, mm -hmm. and I am a waiter so-and-so. There's nothing. <laughs> I have absolutely nothing. I am a table servant. Mm -hmm. But uh, one time, a preacher came, and uh, our pastor, he was speaking about uh, David killing the, the mm -hmm. giant. And uh, they put on him the armament of Saul at that time. That's yeah. right. King Saul yes. said, I'll give you my armor yeah. to go before Goliath. Yeah. Yes. So he put it on, and it was too heavy for him. And I didn't hear the pastor what was saying, but the Holy Spirit, I honestly believe he closed my ears mm. and was talking to me. He said, this is the reverend so-and-so and professor so-and-so. This is the titles that you are afraid of. Mm. What did David do? He took what he have, a sling and a couple of stones, and he killed the enemy. He said, go and use what you have. You will kill the enemy. Mm -hmm. And this is what I have done. Mm -hmm. I just relied 100% on the Holy Spirit and in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And this is uh, all the glory, really, all the glory Amen. to the Lord. I have nothing to do with it. I love your humility, and but that's that's what we all should do. And again, you've said before, there's nothing wrong with seminary. There's nothing wrong with learning. But if we lose the daily dependence, that I love David's prayer: "Search me and try me, O God. See if there's anything offensive." You know, if we lose that, we can become prideful. Exactly. And you're right. Walk in our accolades. And that's something I think I've felt. And when you told me that years ago, and it encouraged me because when we came, Edward and I moved here. I think that's what I was always afraid of. You know, you have to be like your dad or you have to be like your, your grandfather. But the Lord, yeah, showed us, no, 
you are your own. I've called you to do something different, you know, and use your gifts and talents and abilities. We all have a different job to do. It's like yeah. the body of Christ. You yeah. know, the eye isn't more important than the air, the hand, you know, they're all the same. useful. Um, but it's that surrendering. Yeah. Uh, the way which I have done, it was really a great suffering because I used to spend seven days to be able to prepare a message. And I used to spend all, sometimes all night. The nights are for the Lord and the days for the people. Hmm. To be able to save the people who are coming after me, I start, I said, I'll open a Bible school. And this is why I was, uh, I was uh, pushed by the Lord to open a Bible school. So to save people coming after me to have the same suffering and the same hard work that I have done. Hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The night is for the Lord, the days are for the people. I know so often I think we'd get busy doing and not getting to know the one that we're doing the work for, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, and um, and you think of that Mary and Martha passage, you know, so often we are, we're busy doing things for God instead of spending time with Him. So this season of life, the region God has called you to live and serve, um, you've watched heartache and you said, suffering is the vitamin of the church. You know, your people have suffered. Uh, they've been through hard times and bombings and... Um, so this isn't new to you. We live in a fallen, broken world, but it seems like the growing pains are getting harder. How is he encouraging you uh, to stay faithful? And as you mentioned, to encourage others to stay faithful, stay in the word. What would you say to people that are scared and afraid of what's coming? It's again, I'll turn them back to the word of God. 2,000 years ago, the Lord Jesus spoke. He said, in the end time, there will be wars rumors of wars, there will be famine, pestilence, and earthquake in some places. Who can know the future 2,000 years before it happened? Mm -hmm. So what's encouraging me? I am not the man who loves war and killing and earthquakes and uh, storms and the flooding. What really makes me happy is I see that the words of the living Christ are real. Mm -hmm. And he knew the future and it's happening now. So what he said to us, now we only, if we only have this knowledge, uh, it's not enough. But he said to us, because this is going to happen, what's our responsibility? Mm -hmm. He said, lift up your heads for your redemption is getting nearer. For us as believers, we don't really rejoice in what's happening now, but we rejoice that these are the prophet, that the prophecies that our Lord have said, and it's happening now. Mm -hmm. And it makes us uh, to realize that the time is nearly over. Mm -hmm. What's our responsibility? Peter said in his second letter, he said, the earth is preserved for hellfire and it's reserved for uh, the judgment of the people. Because this is going to happen, he said, what kind of man you ought to be in obedience and holiness for the Lord in every contact of your life? Mm 
So when we get the signs, we should root out ourselves. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we really living like the Lord wants us to live? Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, when I was reading in uh, Matthew 25 about the ten virgins, and I thought to myself, maybe in the church there will be 50% mm-hmm. not believers. They will be outside the kingdom. But now, when I see things happening in the churches and see what people are doing, I really believe maybe there will be 90% of the Mm. people falling away. That's a good passage. I just wanted to read it because it said, I love the ending too. Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, you you know neither the day nor the hour. And I, actually, as you were talking, I thought of, I was just reading Micah and Isaiah, you know, the prophecy of Jesus coming. You know, they were longing and waiting. And some of these verses, you know, you think, but this is where we are today. You know, Jesus came, but we're still waiting for the final return. So reading God's word is the only way to prepare. Um but then to actually soak it in, you know, not just read it. What does James say? Don't read my word and then... But do it. Yes. So I guess, how have you seen even the church, the urgency grow? What are you seeing um, that can maybe encourage us? Well, the, the, uh, there's two things disturbing and in, 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 in at this time, and uh, some really encouraging, because you could see some churches are going against all the other teachings. And uh, this encouraging to us, because they are abiding, they believe what Jesus has said. But so many other people, they are diluting the Word of God, Mm-hmm. And they are trying to live with the world. They don't want to offend anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's their, their philosophy now is whatever pleases you, go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. And this is wrong. It's whatever God has said, do it. It's not what pleases you, go and do it. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the two different philosophies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if we obey and abide in obedience to the word of God, we will be a blessing for the other people encouraging them, and we will have eternal life because Jesus will say, well done mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. That makes me think of what the churches in Revelation, you know, he said, yeah. don't be lukewarm, yeah. you know, be hot or cold. And yes. you're right. I think so often we want to kind of be in the middle and maybe not offend somebody, but that is offensive <laughs> to the Lord uh, because you're right. I mean, following the Lord, it's it's all or nothing. And we yeah. and we have to, again, Franklin says it all the time. Edward says all the time. You know, I don't understand every word in the Bible, but I believe that it is truth. Amen. And you can't pick and choose and just take what you want to believe. Yeah. yeah. We, are, we are amazed of the knowledge today. But if we go back, God said through Daniel, in the end time, knowledge will increase. Mm. Every field of knowledge in the world today is increasing. Mm-hmm. But there is one field is not increasing, the knowledge of knowing God. Mm. Well, can we ask Paul a question? <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> yeah. I said, Paul, how did you know 2,000 years ago mm. that at the end time this will happen? Mm-hmm. How, will you know? how did you know? 
what makes me so happy and rejoicing, what I see that the prophets, the disciples have said things nobody knows it except by the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. And this is in, this is inspired by the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. This is what's happening today. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we can still access that Holy Spirit today because you're because you're right. Sometimes I say, "Man, I want to be. I want some insight, Lord. Give me this. What you what you spoke to Paul, yeah. you know, that in the prison he could say, "The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into His he heavenly kingdom." You know, Amen. Paul could say that in prison, mm. fearing for his life. The disciples all ended in horrific ways. You know, their their days were not easy, but they had that confidence. Yeah, Amen. but we can still have that access, right? So. So tell me about how the Holy Spirit sustains you. I have a perfect faith in the Lord Jesus and His Word. He said, I will be with you. Mm. I will teach you. The promise which I have lived for 60 years now, mm. it's in Psalm 32, but He said, I will teach you the way you shall go. I will counsel you. Mine eye is upon you. I will, yeah, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Yes, and this is the this is the verse which I lived all my uh, years of faith in Christ. Hmm. When I left the business and uh, I resigned, and I said to my wife, and uh, I said, I'm going for one week of fasting and prayer. And I went to a mountain and a small place. I took a room and I was having one bottle of water and a loaf of bread and a tin of sardine for seven days. But at that time, there was a war. And I was, they said, oh, a hundred planes shot down. You know, they're talking about the war. And I was praying for the pilots. And the whole week reading, and really nothing happened. Lord didn't speak to me. Saturday, the last day, I said, Lord, I've been here seven days. What should I say to my wife? What God has said to me? Mm. I am expecting you to speak to me. Mm. And I was reading uh, from the Old Testament, the Psalms, the, the Proverbs, and the New Testament every day. And that was the psalm I read Saturday. And the words of that psalm just lit in front of my eyes. Mm. And I went home so happy. And I said, the Lord said to me, I will teach you. I will counsel you. My eye will be up in you. Mm. And this is how I lived all my years of faith mm. with the Lord. Uh, wow. So yeah. you, sna you went away and... And it's not small, but you're right. You were looking for long, long lists and, and word, but he gave you, it's almost like Elijah when he was away, you know, God didn't speak to him in the, the fire or the wind or, you know, in a big way. It was a still small voice, it's, you know, and, but that was your, your theme verse, you know, to for life, hmm, yeah. your life verse. Yeah. This audience is large. It's it's donors, it's prayer warriors, it's it's people that know nothing about the Lord. You know, there are so many people that come upon this podcast. So I guess what is on your heart? What would you like to say to people uh, that are listening? I would really want them to pray properly. Mm. My 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 heart goes to the people 
uh, we should learn how to pray properly. David, in Psalm 39, he have prayed a prayer different than our prayers. And David has the right to teach us. Hmm. First of all, he is a man chosen after God's own heart. Secondly, he is a king. And thirdly, he is a fighter. He is a, he's a hero. And he prayed this prayer in Psalm 39. He said, Lord, show me the days of my life and how life is fleeting. Can you imagine he is asking the Lord to show him the days, how many days he is going to live? And now when we pray, oh, God, bless me, bless my children, bless my work. Uh, if I am single, oh, uh, find me a nice wife. If, uh, you know, uh, she is single, find me a nice uh, husband. But David, he only wants to know how his life is fleeting. Mm. And then in the, in the same psalm, if you go down, when he discovered that everything is fading away, he screamed from the bottom of his heart, forgive me my sins, O Lord. Mm. You know? Because our life is short. So all if we live a hundred years, mm. it's nothing comparing to eternity. Mm -hmm. And this is why we have to let people know, believers or non-believers, that our life is fading away. And our prayer should be, Lord, teach me how the number of my days so I know how I am fleeting. And then he'll cry from the bottom of his heart, hmm. forgive me my sins. Mm-hmm. I love that. I know. I'm just going to read it real quick. Yeah. Uh, oh, Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Um, and I love that, yeah, that prayer at the end, verse 12. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears, for I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my father's. So we have experienced it in life. Mm. We have seen so many rich people, so many powerful people, so many uh, country leaders. They've died. They took nothing with them. Mm. And their days were short, and some of them were, you know, maybe long. But it doesn't matter. They've gone. They mm. have gone. They took nothing with them. Mm -hmm. So if we really know how to pray, Lord, give me your wisdom. Mm. Show me, teach me the, the, how I am fleeting so we can really return to God. And what's happening today, it's not a venture from God because God wakes up mm. ourselves so we can return to him. Mm -hmm. He said, return to me, I return to you, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. What happened in the Middle East now, it's just a lesson mm. to all of us, the people of God and to all other uh, Gentile nations return to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is this is the story. I love what Sammy shared about obedience. If we live according to His Word and abide, we can be a blessing to other people, and we can go on and encourage and bolster them in their faith. 
Sammy's dependence on the Lord and his obedience has always encouraged my faith. He truly radiates a joy having spent so much time with the Lord. And he lives out John 15, 4 through 6, that says, Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Sammy is so full of wisdom. And though his life hasn't been easy, he has taken the experience and he's used them for good, for the glory of God. And I always treasure time spent with him. And next week, I'm excited because you'll get to hear from Sammy's wife, Joy, and hear from her heart what it's like to be a spouse in ministry. You will definitely not want to miss it. She is just as encouraging as Sammy, um, and I loved hearing her heart for ministry. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.